Hi, my name's John Kasher and welcome to Cash Talk, where there'll be no boundaries and a lot of straight talk. All things money, business, and just everyday stuff. Hey guys, before we get started, just a quick reminder that all the information in this podcast is of a general nature and not tailored to your personal circumstances. So please seek personal financial advice before acting on this information. Hi everyone and welcome back to another um, episode with uh, Nicola and Mason. Mason, Nicola, how are you? Going well, thank you. Going well. Yeah, uh, good. Thanks, John. We're smashing these out, aren't we? Um, absolutely love them. So it's not like I'm, I'm holding back on them, but I just love being able to kind of get all of these things out of my head. I find my head's kind of going at a million miles an hour in regards to how much I kind of want to help people. And hopefully the listeners and viewers out here are enjoying that. And please, you know, with these podcasts and episodes, please share them, share them to friends and family and give us comments. We would love to know how these are going and how these are impacting you as well too. So, Mason, today we're going to be talking about something that we do see quite often and it is around where people are essentially chasing nothing. And what I mean by that is that they're just chasing money, but they're not chasing any really real purpose. And it's a, it's a thing that we see at all different stages on their life journey, don't we? We do. And I think it's a it's quite a common trait among high achievers, which a lot of our clients are high achievers. We're always looking for that next thing. Like, I've got this now, what's next? And so it's that pursuit of the next thing where these challenges arise. And sometimes we, you can get in a bit of trouble by chasing these shiny objects or, or these different things where perhaps... We take a step back, we probably don't actually need to be chasing these shiny things. And perhaps we should be looking at something else to chase rather than just monetary things. Mm. And I want to paint the picture, you know, let's say, for example, you've got a plan and you're paying down your debt, you've got some investing and all you can really think of is going on a holiday, upgrading your car, maybe, but nothing else. It's just like, you know, stern more money. Uh, Nick, it can be something that is also quite bad, like as in for yourself, because there's a bit of a lack of fulfillment in life if you're just chasing those things, isn't it? A hundred percent. I think it definitely depends like what you are chasing, because I think it is a fine line between, I think humans, especially high achievers, like we like to be progressing towards something. I think that's like quite natural for humans, but at the same time, it's like a fine line between finding contentment with what you have and being pursuing something because for a lot of people the actual journey of like having a target to work towards and having all that they're working towards does bring them quite a lot of satisfaction so I think it's more around what are you working towards and is that going to bring you fulfillment like if it's just a material thing like you know a new car or another holiday home etc etc it's like is that going to bring you fulfillment versus something that, you know, might be more around leisure or like hobbies or giving back things like that. So I think it's, yeah, I guess just having an understanding of like what makes you tick and what is fulfilling to you. Cause it'll be different for each person and, and yeah, everyone has different drivers of what brings them fulfillment. And it's a good point you make because I remember when I was speaking to my psychologist at one point in time um, and, you know, probably putting myself in that category as being a high achiever. Yeah. Um, 
he kind of talked to me about like this never-ending ladder, yeah, and mm. that you're just constantly trying to climb it, and it can go against your fulfillment and your ability to just smell the roses and be happy with what you've got. And I think that's the that's the balance of this around, you know, not just trying to put more pressure on yourself just because, yeah. And I think it really comes down to chasing or, or aiming for what really makes you fulfilled in life and truly, yeah. So understanding what your values are, what you're passionate about. Like I know, Mason, we were speaking to a client recently, you know, and um, she was exactly in this category. You know, she was very blessed about the stages that she is in her 30s, you know what I mean? And, you know, all it was was just holidays, yeah? And she admitted to us. She's like, you know, I don't really know what's next. And you picked up on a on a point if you wanted to kind of share that scenario and, and explain, you know, how we kind of start, are starting to work with her on finding that purpose. Yeah, no, exactly right. It, yeah, she, she she admitted like she was in this really great position, but it was very much of well, what's next is it's just going to be holidays and car upgrades. And as part of our process, as many of our clients are aware, we do ask some deeper questions around what, what else sort of motivates you? What do you care about? These types of things. And on one of her questionnaires, she mentions he's really into animal welfare. So we, we dived a bit deeper into that. And she then said during the meeting that she would love to at some point to get into that space where she was in a position where she could do that and not even really need to be paid for it. Just something that she'd love to do, like helping animals out. She said she loves people, but as animals, her real passion lies. Um, So just find out little things about like that and how can we then align her, her monetary goals with that goal Mm. and get her to a position where she could potentially work a couple of days maybe in the animal shelter or wherever in a charity that helps animals like there's just so many different options there and that fulfillment that she could potentially get from that is huge and there's no there's no dollar value you can really put on that um i think anyway um i think it's it's huge it's, it's these things that i think a lot of people don't realize that advisors can help people with um and aligning these monetary goals with personal goals and personal financial, personal passions and things of this nature. Well, it's really chasing fulfillment in regards to our, 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 our job. Yeah. If you want to kind of talk about, you know, money is not the, the goal, it's the vehicle to the goal. And the, the, the goal that we're trying to achieve for everyone is a fulfilled life that, you know, is exactly the way that they want it to kind of be designed. And so when you take that person, for example, you know, her looking say 10 years from now and, She's been a contributor to an animal shelter and she's been able to kind of spend time and watch those kind of animals go from you know, potentially off the street to being taken care of. And it means so much to her. You know, there's other people that have strong preferences in regards to other things they want to do. And I'm very much about giving back uh, when it comes to, you know, less fortunate children that are growing up in families that are pretty rough or are diagnosed with conditions that, no, they're too early to kind of be, you know, going through this stuff. It really hits home for me. So I know this is very much shared with me and my wife. So, you know, we very much put our money's worth towards helping those, but not just only put our money's worth, we put our time towards that. And we don't see that as a as a burden or a requirement. It's a passion. We like it. We enjoy it. We want to put that time towards it. It creates that level of what's next and a lot of these moments happen to people in later in life. Okay. So Mm. when we talk about this, some people think about like, you think about retirement and when they think about the word retirement, they sometimes think, you know, 60 to 70 year old retiring, 
and then they finally get to do their passions on play golf more or you know see the world or whatever it's going to be and that's not really what you want like you know what what's the average age that we you know what's life expectancy what mid 80s you know 90s so what you work until you're 65 70 and then you spend the proper fulfillment of your life for the last 15 20 years no those things need to happen from day one and what it does it creates you to to strive for more actually in my opinion because you've got now a purpose and you've got that kind of north star to work for Mm -hmm. and i know nick that people might be listening to this saying oh well this has to be for the uber rich or it needs to be for the people that are in financial freedom or you know have the ability to do this financially but it doesn't need to be financial either these objectives these can be non-financial this can be around time and spending money and you know, then using your money to make those happen, you know, as well too. Yeah, definitely. I think it's also around, I mean, you see it particularly in like those big transition periods, like retirement or kind of, you know, like the empty nest when all the kids, like the kids have left home. But I think it also comes up in more subtle ways. Like, you know, even I was chatting to one of my friends about this the other day and she's, you know, 25, same age as me. We finished, she finished year about when she was 21 and she didn't realize that she'd been so busy, like working in a big accounting firm, doing her CA, like literally having no time for herself sort of thing. And it wasn't until she actually failed one of her CA units that she started to have these thoughts and had time to think about, is this actually what I want for the rest of my life? Like, is this the corporate ladder that I want to climb? Because I feel like everyone else ahead of you, they're quite, you know, caught up in what's going on within that particular firm. But it wasn't until she'd had that time to actually take a step back and be like, is this how I want my life to look for the next 20 years, 30 years? And I think, yeah, it's important to kind of start, you know, start thinking about it early because if you don't stop and think about what you kind of enjoy doing and get fulfillment out of doing that's outside of work, it can make those transition periods really hard, like, you know, retirement, et cetera. Definitely, definitely. And I think there's the need then for the viewers and listeners of this, it's very important to know that if you don't have objectivity, so if you don't have an objective, if you don't have a purpose and you're not laser focused, well, usually what ends up happening is you just, especially with your finances, they end up becoming a mess because there's no real purpose of what that direction is. Now take mm-hmm. money, that's one money side, because obviously we're coming from a money perspective, but from a life perspective, if you don't know why you're waking up every day to go to work or do mm-hmm. things, like it's not you're not going to get fulfilled, yeah? And it doesn't need to be, that doesn't need to be money-driven. That might need to be essentially what you want to achieve for that day, yeah? So for people that think that this might be a little bit of a, yeah, a blur, it's not a blur, okay? It's literally something that you need to get into your daily life, yeah? But also for your big goals and your big, you know, having a fulfilled life, you need to do that. Yeah, you need to look besides the filling the gap with the new car or the house or the holiday. It's around what's the purpose. If we, if we are sitting together at eighty years old, looking back at your life, tell me what a fulfilled life looks like. Mm. And once you know what that fulfilled life looks like, what are you doing today to make that happen? Mm. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, it's interesting because this is sort of like a secondary problem to have, right? Like I feel like the first problem is that people aren't sure when they're going to have enough money to be able to, you know, fund them for the rest of their life. So that's the problem. And I feel like a lot of people are sort of 
keep on working because they don't have clarity around that. So are we, we're kind of talking in the instance where like you've got the plan, you have clarity around what I can afford, like when I can afford to stop working. So then what comes next? Like how do you kind of trade off between like living your life now mm-hmm. versus working hard? Because I think that, yeah, we obviously often talk about like the opposite end of the spectrum where there's like no, no delayed gratification and it's just living completely for now. But I think there's also kind of the opposite where people just delay gratification for such a long time that they they don't enjoy their life along the way. Um, and Definitely. they think that, oh, my life's just going to start when I retire at 65. And I think that, yeah, is scary. It's like it's any like it's, it's everything within moderation. You know what I mean? Mm. It could be eating, living life, whatever it may be. But one thing I've found to back up your point, Nick, is that when I speak to a lot of self-employed people, especially, and this is the same for employees as well, I ask them, I say, do you know how much you need to earn to live the fulfilled life that you want? And they look at me and they go like, no one's ever asked me that question before. Like objectivity or, or having a clear objective on how much you need to earn is the first thing. It might be 100,000 a year. It might be 80,000. It might be 250,000. Like how much do you need to earn first and foremost? People don't know that. Yeah. So having that level of objectivity also allows you to have that then career desire to what you need to do to get to where you need to get to. Yeah. And so you're right. We might be talking initially about, you know, these big life stages or the people that have already got a plan. Yeah. But you need to ask yourself the question, like, when I wake up in the morning, like, am I earning enough to reach the fulfilled life that I want? Yeah. And I, am I in the job that I want that's going to be the most fulfilled and I want to do this for the rest of my life? Like, there's so many ways that you can boil this down. And it really boils down to that big goal about trying to be laser focused on living life on your terms, living it the way that you want to and getting to that fulfilled life. And then reverse engineering that back to today. Now, obviously, money is a part of that. But there's also other parts to that as well, too. You need to know your values. You need to know yourself. You need to find yourself, as they say. Yeah. Um, and there's many, 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 many years of literature, um, both religious and non-religious based, that tells you about the only way that you're going to become fulfilled is by knowing what fulfillment is to you. Yeah. And there's obviously different versions of that. And I know... Mason, a lot of this fascinates you in regards to this side as well too. And you're a big advocate of knowing your values and knowing your beliefs and knowing what's purposeful in life. You know, um, yeah, is there any tips or maybe insights that you want to give people in regards to helping them find that as well too? Yeah, I think it, it starts off with being really, truly honest with yourself. Because um, I think a lot of the time now, and I, I think we all get caught up in this and we need to be regularly reminded of exactly what we're sort of chasing. Because I know it's so easy to get caught up into, I want this because my friend wants this. And I want this because my mum and dad told me that's what I want. Mm. And I think a common one there is buying buying a home because mom, you want that security. Mum and dad said that's the best thing to do. Therefore, I'm going to do it. And we're, and we're raising the culture that, particularly in Australia, where that is the dream, so to speak. Mm. Um, but Nick, I really liked your comment there around that delayed gratification because I personally see delayed gratification now as a bit of a superpower. In today's society, mm. delaying gratification is such a superpower. But it seems, and your comment there around instant gratification, and we need a bit of both, and we definitely do. 
but it seems to me at the moment that we're we seem to be delaying the stuff that's really important to us but having that instant gratification around the stuff that doesn't actually matter like the new car the new phone and things so it seems like we've got our got our stuff mixed up um which isn't great and I'm going to steal your corporate ladder um, analogy there before as well, talking about your friend. It's funny, like we, we get caught climbing these ladders, but do we ever look at what wall is the ladder lent against? Are we climbing the right ladder? Because you can climb the ladder all you want, but if the ladder's against the wrong wall, it's not going to do much, do much good to you. So first and foremost, grab that ladder and pick the right wall. To climb up and then that you're halfway there already because once you know where you want to climb you can as you're saying before john reverse engineer it say oh this is the this is the wall i want to climb i know i need x amount of income to get there let's start climbing rather than i need that new car let's climb that ladder when you actually probably don't need a new car is a holiday more important to you is buying a cheaper car and then using that excess money to go on a holiday that more important spending that time with the family is that your values family values these types of things like there's a lot and we need to be constantly reminded because it's so easy to get caught up in that shiny object and i know we we all get caught up in it as well we're not immune to these things either mm. yeah definitely definitely i think when you're human you're going to be you're going to be um you know attracted to shiny objects and you're going to always want to feel that feel that what you think is unhappiness void yeah you so if it be the new phone, if it be the new car, if it need, is the retail therapy you think you need, yeah. But if you boil that all for, like boil that all down, you need to ask yourself the question of, am I putting my money, my time, my efforts towards everything that makes it more, more fulfilling for me in life? And there's a, there's a, it's a bit morbid, a morbid sorry, comment around, if the doctor comes to you and says, you've got one week left to live. Mm. Yeah. What would you do? Yeah. I know what I'd do. I'd spend as much time as with my family as possible. Yeah. I'd cherish every moment that I had. Yeah. I'd, you know, so for me, first and foremost, my most important slot, because that, that, like, as you saw, there was no hesitation there. Yeah. So like, that's my number one goal. Like that's my number one value. Yeah family okay now maybe what happens if it wasn't one week and it was now you had two years left to live yeah okay i had two years left to live okay cool all right coming down from the family i wanted to make sure that first and foremost i did as much as possible with my health to make sure that maybe i could maybe make that not two years i could make that five years maybe i could stretch that out yeah health is very important for me i'd want to be making sure that my family is set up and secure that they don't need to worry if i'm no longer there yeah so I'd be able to work down through the values that are very important for me. Yeah. So you can see by having these exercises and these challenges for yourself and Mason, as you talked before, having a really good conversation with yourself or looking yourself in the mirror and having these um, or using the time traveler interview, which is, you know, if I was 80 years old, looking back at my life, what does it look like? It's a very interesting way how to re-evaluate your direction in regards to where you need to be spending your time money and efforts in. Nick, you were going to say something before I rudely interrupted you, so I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, like, I feel like a lot of it comes down to also, like, identity because I feel like we build our identity into certain things. So, like, 
say someone's been a lawyer for 20 years and they're starting to feel like not super fulfilled with their job, but their whole identity is around being a lawyer and doing that for 50 hours a week. So then it becomes really difficult to kind of move away from that identity when you've related to it for such a long time. And I think that, I think that's why it is important for us to have like multiple parts of our identity rather than just one thing that we identify as. And um, yeah, I think particularly like, I think traditionally men struggle with it more than women, like in retirement and that kind of thing, because they tend to tie more of their identity to their career. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's interesting to talk about like how, can you do that? Or like, how can you start doing that early on? Well, you need to do these exercises early on and you got to have mm. honest conversations with yourself. Yeah. Mm. And this, you don't, don't get the degree at uni just because your mum and dad told you that, that you should get a degree for uni. Yeah. Oh, sorry, parents out there. But the reality is if you don't, <laughs> if it's not important for you, it's not important for you. Don't chase it because of someone else's goals and aspirations, you know? Um you need to have an honest conversation. Obviously for people that are young and especially around 18, 19, 20, when they're looking for uni degrees and stuff like that, they, they honestly probably don't even know themselves yet. Yeah, it takes time to mature. And I think it's in their mid twenties to maybe their thirties until they start to actually realize who they are as an individual. And I think it also takes a bit of traumatic resilience to kind of get through some stuff before you still really do find yourself. Okay. But yeah, you got to have those real conversations with yourself and, I'm going to do an exercise and I might, I might pick you, Mason. Um, I could have picked you, Nicola, but I'm going to do an exercise that all of you got, all of you can take. Okay. And this was, a, this was something that was taught to me. Oh, probably 15, 20 years ago now. Okay. And what it is, it's from a guy called Bill Backrack. Okay. He's very popular in regards to the financial advisory game, but He's interwoven neuro-linguistic programming in regards to questions that advisors ask their clients to really help develop these core values and core purpose, okay? So, Mason, um, what's important about money to you? Our freedom is the first word that comes to mind there. Okay. So, freedom. Let's talk about it. Why is freedom so important to you? I think freedom is so important to me because I've seen what having a lack of freedom means for people in my in my family and things like that. And they've sort of been stuck in situations because they didn't have the financial resources to be able to move and to have that freedom. So that's I think that's why having that freedom is so important to me. Mm, very interesting. Very interesting. So... It sounds like not having a lack of freedom, yeah, is very important to you. Can you explain to me a little bit more, a little bit deeper in regards to that lack of freedom, of that concern of that lack of freedom and why that's important for you, that not to be in your life? Yeah, I think why that's important is I don't want to be reliant on other people, whether that be family or the government or whatever that might be. I want to be able to do things on my own terms. I don't want to have to wait for someone else's permission to do something. I think that's why not having that freedom and is so important. I think you can't live a, for me anyway, I don't think I could live a fulfilled life on someone else's terms and having the financial resources to do that 
I think is necessary. So if you if if I have the if I've heard this wrong, the real purpose for you with money and why money is so important is because ultimately you want your money to create freedom for you. But freedom means essentially having financial security, not reliant on the government or other people. Hundred percent. Yeah, nail that on the head. I'll write that down. Did you just see that I, with Mason, just then figured out the true purpose of money to him? Now, Mason's story is different to others, and we're going to use other things for other people. Now, Nick, I'm going to use you as an exercise here. Okay, now we're not going to use money. Okay, let's assume that one of your other very important things to you is family time. Family. So what's important about family to you, Nick? Well, I think family, it's, I guess family can mean two things. It can be your blood family, it can be your friends as well. But I think that, you know, humans are wired for connection. And if we don't have, if we have a happy life, we don't have anyone to share it with, like, Mm -hmm. what's the point? So having connection sounds like that's very important to you. And you, can everyone hear the repetition in the questions? Okay, so it sounds like the connection with other people is very important to you. Can you just explain that a little bit more to me? So what's important about the connections with others to you? Um, well, I think that's where you just have the most fun and you're like the most present in your life when you're like relating to other people. Um, and yeah, I feel like for me, when I'm around others, like when I'm around my friends, that's when I am the most just present and kind of in the moment because I'm just enjoying life for what it is. I'm not thinking about the next thing I'm trying to work towards or what happened today. Like, So would you say to live a more fulfilled life that you would like to have more time to have more connections with more people? Yeah, correct. Write that down. Okay. Now, obviously, maybe if Nick asked me the same questions or Mason asked me the questions, that my, my answers would be different. And I can assure you by doing this over and over and over and over and again, it has got different answers from different people. And I actually did this when I was first getting taught this and I did this to a family member. And I actually, the family member who was an older male of mine and being in a WOG family, you can just imagine that this, he actually ended up breaking down into tears Yeah, when I did it. And the reason why this is because the questions I was asking him was questions that he'd never asked himself. Okay? And he ended up figuring out what his core purposes are. Okay? So if Nick now knows that she is ultimately trying to spend more time with more people and have greater connections and deeper connections so that she can do that, that's really not monetary. Yeah, there's, there's a slight monetary aspect to it, but there's not monetary. Yeah, mm. whereas Mason's is. And I, I did this exercise to show you the non-monetary and the monetary ones. In regards to finding your purpose, finding your objective. And these are conversations that you don't need to have when you're about to retire or have millions of dollars of assets. This is the point in time where you truly ask yourself, do I know what I'm waking up today and, and what I'm trying to achieve? Yeah. And from life, not just from money. Now, I'm sure you enjoy that exercise, Mason. I'm not sure if you've ever heard that one before. No, it's, yeah. yeah as you said, Bill Backray is quite well known in the space, but that actual exercise was, it's a, it's funny when you get asked those questions, what sort of comes up? Because I think the best way to do mm. is just to say the first thing that comes to mind. And mm. what came to mind first to me was probably a little bit different to what I was expecting, if I was being perfectly honest. Um, so, yeah, no, it was a 
But now that I've said it, I was like, that makes a, a lot of sense. Like, it's like, yeah, like that, knowing my life story and things like, yeah, that's, of course, that's the reason. Like, it just seems, it's just like a, it's, it's a true light bulb moment mm-hmm. um, for people. And, and then we, as you said, like we do this for clients and mm-hmm. I hope that, I hope there's light bulbs going off everywhere because it's, um, it's powerful stuff. Um, once you, once you know these things, like, as you said, like, your family ever had went went broke down in tears like it's yeah it's a loss not a rehearsal so making sure you, you're living life on the, or the living life on your terms the way you want to it's just so mm-hmm. crucial unfortunately it's and it's so unfortunate that i'd say the vast majority of people don't and it's, they, they don't and they're living in a social media world caught up by what other people want and then chasing what other people want yeah mm-hmm. and what they're showing them that they want is also not you know, um, I think it was Ed Sheeran. Um, he goes, why he never posts, posts like selfies and stuff. Yeah. And he goes, when I see someone post a selfie, I feel like reaching out to them and saying, what's, what's wrong? Yeah. Um, and that, you know, things like Instagram for him are completely a sales and promotional tool. Yeah. But yet Instagram and social media is where people look at other people's lives and try to emulate those lives. Yeah. So it is society's playing a little bit of a part in regards to that. And don't get me wrong, I'm not going to beat up social media. I like social media. I think the connections that you can have, you know, I know that I have created connections with people that I've never met before and connections are very important for me, okay? But it's understanding that and understanding that what you truly want. Now, to throw another complexity in this, when you're in a couple scenario, okay, what means... What the, what's important to money, say, for one person might be different what's important about money to another. You know, wouldn't it be a great exercise before you got married, you're in your honeymoon moment, you know, you're, you just got together, you know, you're dating someone mm-hmm. and um, you say to them, hey, listen, I want to do an exercise with you. I just want to ask you a question. What's important about marriage to you? Okay. And you hear what the other person says and then the other person says to you, oh, Actually, I want to ask you the same question. What's important about marriage to you? Okay. Hopefully it saves a lot of marriages, but it might break up a lot of, you know, ones that shouldn't have been together. The reality is, is that that exercise can be used for everything that you've got purposely and what you're trying to achieve. And even if you talk about the job and the corporate ladder, that can be used. And like we said, we've referred to Bill Backrat. It's a great, great technique. It's got the position of the words, just so you know. If you say what's important about, Pause, insert word, yeah. Pause to you. Then you can ask that question about absolutely everything to find out what you, what you truly want, yeah. But taking couples into, into the scenario does add a la- another layer of complexity. But the earlier mm-hmm. you get on the same page, you can probably imagine you start to live a much more fulfilled life because you're both, both heading in the right direction. Yeah. Exactly right. No, I think it's really powerful. And- I think to bring us to like a real world example where we're incorporating values and money, I'm going to use you as an example, John, because you mentioned your family before. Now, so obviously spending time with your family is really, really important. Now, if you went out and bought, say, I mean, let's say you went out and bought a Ferrari and you took out a car loan to buy a Ferrari because like a Ferrari is a nice car, you can show that off. Mm-hmm. But to buy that car, you have to obviously take out the loan. So therefore you need to earn more money and therefore need to work more, which is taking away time for your family. So you can see where a financial outcome or a financial decision has led to 
a, a detriment into something that's really important to you. So you thought you wanted this Ferrari, but it's actually taken away from something that's the most important to you, which is family time. So you can see where it's sort of, these really play out in the real world. And this happens all the time. Definitely, definitely, Mason. And we see this happen obviously too often. Yeah, it's the, I want this, I want this, I want this. And they, they're getting further and further away from what really means the most to them. Yeah, and you know, I don't drive a Ferrari. I drive a nice car, yeah. Um, but rather than having two average cars, we've kind of gone to one car and we kind of offset that against other things that we do so that way we can continue to spend more time. Like you, both of you know, obviously you both work with me and you know that each year John goes overseas. That's the time. That's, the, that's what we look forward to as a family. That's like our thing. But to do that, we've traded off on some other stuff. Yeah. yeah. Now mine... I was very different, everyone, okay? I was chasing a endless ladder, okay? That never ended and it ended in me suffering with major anxiety, okay? I would suffer with anxiety. I wouldn't get out of bed and I just just kept going, you know, kept going, kept going. And it was only until I had, a, had that event that I had to reflect on my life. And my wife is an absolute blessing for me. I, thank God every day about she, she coming into my life because my wife has taught me to smell the roses. Okay. And obviously at the start when you're first dating, it's probably not as influential, but when you go through some pretty traumatic times in your life and you've got that rock sitting right next to you, pulling you through, I still remember what she was saying to me. You know, there was a point in time there where I'm just like, nah, let's get rid of this business. It's just causing me too much heartache. I don't want to get in it. I don't want to continue anymore. You know, my mother, God bless her. She says to me, you know, John, if it doesn't make you happy in regards to your business, get rid of it. Yeah. You know what my wife said? She goes, John, you will regret that for the rest of your life. Yeah. She goes, you love what you've created. You're just going through a bit of a tough time at the moment and push through. Yeah. But she, you know what she did say to me as well? She goes, John, you are, you are looking after hundreds and hundreds of your clients and making them live a fulfilled life. And what are you doing for yourself? Okay. Mm-hmm. living with no objectivity, no clarity, yeah, helping everyone else, being the plumber with the leaky pipe, okay? So I sit there, have anxiety, have spinal surgery, reflect on my own life, okay? Employed Anthony as my financial advisor, okay? So that people know, okay? I do have a financial advisor, Anthony, absolute jet, partner in my business, keeps me accountable to my plan, not just my financial plan, my life plan, Yeah. And all of a sudden, guess what ends up happening? Business flourishes. Why does business flourish? Because I'm living more purposely. Yeah, I've got rewards. I've got carrots. I've got like I'm doing all of this for a reason. Yeah, I'm not just building wealth for the sake of building wealth. So, you know, I'm very open in speaking about my stuff. Okay, because it's a learning curve. Yeah, we're all not perfect. We learn. Do you reckon I learned at university? how to build financial plans that live, make clients live the most fulfilled life? No. Yeah. Nick, I know you're the recent one to come out of university. The stuff that we're mm-hmm. talking about right now is not taught in the textbooks of financial planning degrees. No, definitely not. You know, um, this is taught by us, you know, going deep into our own journeys, going deep into clients' journeys, taking a big, big passion around the, psychological, you know, neuro-linguistic areas, the neuroscientists, 
you know, speaking to neuroscientists in regards to this, because this is where the brain and the mindset have so much influence on your life being fulfilled. And Mm -hmm. if it be the person that's in financial freedom, that's now lost, that they don't know what's next. Well, follow your passions, follow your values. I can tell you, you can start to be more fulfilled. Yeah. If you're there challenging, you're making your living week by week, you're earning, you're burning, you're not getting anywhere. Yeah. Are you in the job that you really want to? Yeah. Is it really what you want to do? You know, have you, have you, have you overdone it? You know, have you got too many things in your life that you think that make you ha- you're happy with? You know, the latest cars, the upgrade of the house. Like, do you need to cut back? Yeah. Do you need to reset yourself? You know, doing this, doing this stuff is going to pay so much good dividends for you immediately. And the compounding effect in the long term is just a, a way more fulfilled life with direction and clarity. Oh. I know I went deep there. I apologize, everyone. Yeah, I am passionate about what I do. I, I obviously love it. And you can obviously see that, you know, I just want to help everyone. And, and I hope for all the viewers and listeners, you can see that. And I know Mason and Nicola are really passionate about that. And that's why I love working with them in regards to helping people. But, you know, do you guys have any final comments before we start wrapping things up? I think so I think we covered off with a lot I guess like one book that I read that related I feel like a lot to this kind of conversation was I recommended it on my Instagram was die with zero um it's not written so by financial repeat, advisor. repeat that, repeat that again sir it's called die with zero I can't remember the author's name off the top of my head but we'll link it in the show notes um it's actually written by an engineer not a financial advisor and it's really interesting because I don't know you guys probably have we've got engineering clients and I just feel like the way their brain ticks is slightly different. It's like, how can I optimize and make everything the most efficient as it's as possible? And so I think, yeah, he really talks about how we can like optimize for multiple different stages in our life. And, you know, the idea of like mini retirements and like enjoying things as we go, I feel like that really changed my mindset around money. And, you know, it's not something I've studied, but yeah, it's just an interesting perspective and reframe around how to do those exercises and think about you know what you actually truly deeply want from life so yeah that's my recommendation thank you nick for passing that on off i haven't read that but i'll have to check that out too um what about you mason i know i know you love this topic and it's something that you're really passionate about do you have any final tips for the viewers and listeners yeah, no, it's, it's definitely something i'm pretty passionate about because i've just you just see it so much that people just don't and you like and you, you see all these things on Facebook, Instagram, things like that, of people who are near are near the end, not to be too morbid, but and they mm-hmm. they don't you don't, seem to not regret experiences, but people do regret working too much, having too much money. Like die with zero, I think is a great sort of mentality. Like if you could actually match your inputs to your outputs, that'd be fantastic. Hard to do, of course, um, mm-hmm. but I don't think. If you're looking to pass on wealth to children, things that's another thing entirely. But I don't think your kids are going to care too much if you had a million dollars left for them or five hundred thousand dollars left for them. Like as long as you're happy and you've lived a great life, I think that that suits the kids a lot better. I know I haven't got children yet, but I hope that they would think that way about me. Well, I always, I, I, I do obviously have the children that are here, and <clears throat> the one thing that kids yearn, yeah, is for more time with their parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, 
you know, some people can't. They've got two jobs, they're working, they're trying to make ends meet. I totally get that, yeah. But if you kind of think about it for the goal, when you talk about kids, I would imagine most kids want to be like, the time I had with my parents was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Even if it wasn't a lot of time, it was quality time. Yeah, and time's a big one. If you look at all the surveys, look at all the studies, it's the absentness that is is the one that they really are yearning for. Yeah, so they don't, usually it's not, oh, they gave me 4 million bucks. You know, I was expecting 6 mil. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's usually the one. But people's circumstances warrant things to be done. And I like at the moment, cost of living rising, everything going on, parents are doing what they need to do to put food on the table um, and get where they need to get to. So, you know, do what you have to do. I'm a firm believer that your kids will understand what you needed to do to get them where they needed to get to. And you should encourage by talking to your kids about that as well too. I think having that open communication as well too. But um, yeah, I think that this has been really, really good to unlock some of the, you know, maybe the beliefs that people have around getting to where they need to get to. Hopefully it's dropped a really good, some really good seeds in the way that you've got to find yourself so that when you find yourself, you can know the direction and you can have the, uh, you know, the, uh, the goals and aspirations that you want to align yourself to. And then obviously on the back of that, then you can kind of build a plan and then execute on that plan to obviously make those things come to fruition. Yeah. So my final tip is find yourself so that you can build a fulfilled life that you're truly proud of. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Mason. Thanks, listeners. Thanks, viewers. We'll see you next time. Cheers. See you guys. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cash Talk. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to learn more about me, jump onto my Instagram at, at thejohncasher and you'll find me there or at my website at www.johncasher.com.au. Thanks for listening. Cheers.